0: Today's episode of the Ringer MLB Show is brought to you by Yahoo Fantasy Baseball. Spring training is in full swing. It's time to start thinking Yahoo Fantasy Baseball drafts. Flex your skills as a real GM. The new weekly lineup format makes it even easier. Use the Set Active Players feature to set your lineup for the week in one tap. Yahoo Fantasy Baseball is the official fantasy game of Major League Baseball. Sign up now at yahoo.com slash fantasybaseball. Now it's time to start the show, so hit the theme music! Music! Hello and welcome to The Ringer MLB Show. My name is Michael Bauman. I'm a staff writer at The Ringer. Today is over-under day. Opening day is upon us. And so we're going to be previewing all 30 teams by way of their Vegas over-under prop bets. So we got these bets from the Westgate Las Vegas Superbook. Uh, They're up to date as of February 26th. I arrived at these numbers by Googling the phrase MLB over-unders and clicking on the first link I found. So this is probably better as preview content then as gambling advice so with that disclaimer we're going to have zach cram on and talk about the american league west and the national league central then claire mcnear to talk about the national league east and national league west and then zebulon vermilion super fan ben Lindbergh will bring us home with the al east and al central we are brought to you as always by the ringer podcast network before the start of the men's ncaa final four this weekend you can get prepped by our very own bag men mark titus and tate frazier hosts of one shining podcast also please be sure to check out the ringer.com this being opening day we are up to our next in mlb preview content we've got power rankings we've got staff predictions and much much more And if you like what you hear here and read over there, you can go check out our merch store. Go to TheRinger.com slash shop to check out hats, shirts. You can get an entire Chris Ryan Halloween costume there. TheRinger.com slash shop. But you could do all that later because right now it's time for Zach Cram. Zach, how are you doing? I'm all right. How are you doing? I am eager to talk about the American League West with you because usually we do this you know sort of east to west because even though we're a Los Angeles based company you know we have east coast media bias of course but you came in here when we were talking about uh, doing this podcast with some hot takes about the Oakland Athletics and I'm eager to hear you justify this you know see if you can get more than 20 seconds into this without me kicking you off the podcast so the Oakland A's over under is 75 and a half wins.
1: If you're not excited about Matt Chapman playing third base defense, I don't really know what to tell you. But I do love the Oakland A's over this year. Uh, last year, they were a surprisingly strong team in the second half. Once Chapman came up, Matt Olson came up, they worked out some of the kinks with their starting rotation injuries. And in the second half last year, they had a top five offense. They outscored their opponents, albeit by a single run, but that is certainly good enough to win more than 75 or 76 games. I honestly think they can be a wild card contender this year, which itself would have them blowing past that over under mark and they're in, in addition to the AL West and the entire major league board probably my favorite over under of the full slate this year.
0: The 76 wins thing is not that out of the question. Picota has them uh at 76 and 86 and Let's see where Zips at Fangraph's Zips has them uh, slated for 80 wins. That's not crazy. The wild card thing is, though, and I love Matt Chapman as much as the next guy, but this rotation, like I wrote last year about how it looked like it was coming into focus, like everything was sort of coming together, and they had to part out Jesse Hahn. He's gone. Jarrell Cotton's got Tommy John surgery. They're putting Trevor Cahill back in the rotation, like to some extent, it doesn't matter how many runs you score, and this team's going to have a ton of power, but like, this is the money ball, two walks and a three-run homer without the two walks.
1: Well, I, I think you can't discount the help that the defense will provide this year. I think even if the rotation gives up a lot of balls in play, and, and they will, they're not really a high strikeout group. By UZR last year, the A's had by far the worst defense in the majors. This year, Chapman is playing a full season at third. There's no Ryan Healy to make errors, and... Miss balls down the line. Chris Davis is crucially out of the outfield. He's slated to be a designated hitter this year, and he was Oakland's worst defender a season ago. So I think that'll help the rotation in and of itself. I also I wrote before the beginning of last season a piece about how great the A's trio of Sean Manaya and Andrew Triggs and Darrell Cotton would be. That uh, didn't quite manifest the way I envisioned. And as you said, Cotton is now out for the season for Tommy John surgery, but I believe in Matt Manaya again. I think he has the skills to to really flourish. I think Triggs can be good in low doses, even the lesser members of the rotation, like the Daniels, Gossett, and Mangdon, I don't think are the worst pitchers in the world, especially compared to other teams in the division. Like, I'd take their rotation over the Rangers in a heartbeat. If Garrett Richards gets hurt again, I'd take them over the Angels rotation. Now, we are a Garrett Richards positive
0: podcast here.
1: Fingers crossed. I don't want Garrett Richards to get hurt. I love watching that guy pitch. But I don't think the A's rotation is that much worse than any other rotation in the division outside the Astros. I think you have the Astros on one level, and then I could see any of the next four teams finishing between second and fifth place with varying levels of certainty. Obviously, I'd bet on the Angels over Oakland, but I wouldn't be surprised if in August, Oakland is closer to a playoff spot than the Angels are.
0: Well, let's work back up those other four teams. The Texas Rangers are at 76 and a half wins. You want over or under on them?
1: Under, under, under. Uh, They have a scary rotation. They're having Matt Moore as the number two starter until Martin Perez gets back. Matt Moore led the national league in some bad categories last year uh and now he's moving to a tougher ballpark and a tougher division doug fister was pretty good last year i put him on my possible bargains of the offseason list but he's the guy you want to count on in the fifth spot not in the two or three spot mike miner is reconverting back to the starting rotation from the bullpen bartolo cologne might be the fifth starter that's a scary group of pitchers i I'm sad to say, Michael, because I know how fond you are of him. I don't trust Cole Hamels at this point.
0: I was kind of predicting like a Tom Glavin-ish career, and it looks like we're into the Mets Tom Glavin part of Cole Hamels right now.
1: It came really suddenly, and it's kind of disappointing, but Hamels had his worst season last year, and the underlying numbers were even worse than his rate stats, which is pretty scary given that ballpark and you know the kind the caliber of offenses he's going to be facing every 5 days.
0: Yeah, and let me tell you something else that that is also scary that you sort of just glossed over that they're waiting for Martin Perez to come back to be their number 2 starter. I mean, you want to talk about a damning indictment of a rotation. And I say this as someone who's a huge fan of a lot of those position players. You know, Joey Gallo, I I put him on my uh all MLB.tv team. He's about as fun to watch as anybody. I love Willie Calhoun. When he comes up, you know, he'll he'll probably uh be an impact bat for them, but the starting rotation is just a disaster right now.
1: And and they got old. I mean yeah. just a couple years ago, they they were fun, they had a great farm system. Not that many of those guys panned out. I love Adrian Beltre. Like you said, I, I love Shinsu Chu. I think he's great. But a lot of these guys have, have deficiencies, whether it's missing time for injury, whether it's the fact that they're going to have to play either Chu or Willie Calhoun in the outfield, which sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. They're counting on Robinson Chirinos, who's a mid-30s catcher who hasn't played every day in a really years. Last year. He, he was really good last year. He was really good last year. I'm I a Chirinos believer. I drafted him in fantasy. I think he's great. I just think there's a lot of potential downfall there without much depth behind them. And and it's one thing if you have a stars and scrubs roster where it's okay, we're counting on the stars, and if they get hurt, we're in trouble. But the Rangers don't really have that many stars either. It's just a lot of scrubs waiting to take over for injured guys who might have a ceiling of 85 wins in the first place.
0: Right. And the, the issue is with their farm system... They kept a lot of the big name pieces, you know, Mazzara, Odor, Jerks, and Profar, Gallo. And Gallo's really the only one of those four who I'd really count on to produce this year. And a lot of their prospects are panning out. They're just doing it in Philadelphia and Milwaukee uh, and other places that they dipped into it to, to build that team into a contender over the past couple of years. So, yeah, that all happened all at once, but we're getting a little behind. So let's go to the Seattle Mariners, 81 and a half wins over under. I hate this over-under because 81 wins feels exactly right for, for the Mariners. It feels like every Mariners team for the past five years.
1: Exactly. That's exactly the issue. You know, It could come down to, does James Paxton miss four starts or does he miss eight starts? And that could be the difference between them hitting over-under. So I stared at this line for a while. I, Like you probably did, I compared it to the Dakota projections, the other projections. I still don't really have a feel for this team. It seems like it'll probably be average. D Gordon might be a great center fielder. Their lineup looks really strong, but again, mm. like with a lot of they teams in this pitchers. division, they, they need pitchers and they, they don't have any. Jerry Depoto hasn't done the dealing that we've come to expect from him. Uh, it seems like ownership is perhaps uh, meddling a bit more than they have in the past in terms of payroll. And man, this team would be so much fun if they had Shohei Otani, but without him, it's just kind of the same malaise we've had the last couple of years from them. And the farm systems just... uh, It got sneaky bad in a hurry. Um, I I don't think it's sneaky at this point. I think it's it's loud, loud, loud bad.
0: Yeah. So, Pakoda has them at, what, 82 and 80, and Zips has them at 80 and 82. I might have that backwards, but yeah, it's 82 and 80 for Pakoda, 80 and 82 for Zips. So, that looks pretty much in line with an 81 and a half over-under. I don't think you picked one. I got to make you pick one.
1: I will say under because I believe that the A's will steal their spot in the AL West. So everything in this division comes back to Oakland for
0: me. Okay, real quick, let's kick the Garrett Richards football. Los Angeles Angels, 84 and a half over under.
1: I will go over. I have the Angels as one of my wildcard teams. Not so much because of Otani, although he's great. But I think the piece you wrote earlier this offseason about the Angels making the plunge to surround Trout, with not terrible players, but average players, mm-hmm. will actually be really important. Ian Kinsler and Zach Cozart, combined with Andrelton Simmons, give the Angels probably the best infield defense in the league. And I, I think those guys can hit too. Cozart is leaving Cincinnati, sure, but it's not like he's going to turn back into a pumpkin overnight. Ian Kinsler was pretty unlucky last year in Detroit. I still think he has some left in the tank. That's a pretty good offense. You have Justin Upton. Of course, Mike Trout gives... The Angels, the biggest head start of any player in the league. And even if all their pitchers get Tommy John surgery again, that's a high floor for their offense to give them. And like you said, we're kicking the the Garrett Richards football again. And I want to believe he was good last year when he came back from injury. He's looked good so far this spring. I want to believe that he'll give them 150 good innings.
0: I've just decided that I'm willing to be wrong about Garrett Richards staying healthy every year until 2030, at least. So, the, the highest over under in the American League, in fact, in all of baseball, is 96.5. That's the defending champion, Houston Astros. Uh, they're number one on my power rankings column that comes out on, on Monday. Picota has, or sorry, not Monday, Wednesday. Uh, Picota has them penciled in for 99 wins. What do you say? I'm curious where you stand on this, actually, because like you said,
1: the Astros have the highest projection in all of baseball or the highest over under total in all of baseball. So it would seem like you don't want to go over for them just because they're already the highest. How much higher can they go? But I feel like this is kind of low based on how good they are. Is
0: that crazy? No, they won 100 they won 100 games last year. They're better this year. They've got Garrett Cole full season of Justin Verlander. I did the Astros preview for effectively wild a couple months ago and picked the over. I picked like 98 wins for them, which is a ridiculous like that's just a stupid thing to predict for a team, but I think they're going to be that good.
1: I did um, some just quick counting in my head this morning in advance of Doing this preview with you and I think they probably have seven of the 10 best pitchers in the division starting pitchers if you count Colin McHugh and Brad Peacock who are going to open the season in the bullpen and they would be the ace for some teams in the division or at worst the number two. So even if Houston suffers some injuries, they just have tremendous depth. They have Forrest Whitley, who is serving a suspension to start the year, but then will be back. He's maybe the best pitching prospect in baseball. They have Kyle Tucker, who gives them outfield depth when he's ready to come up to the majors. It's impossible to see this team collapsing outside some nebulous World Series hangover.
0: And this was by adjusted OPS plus literally the best offense in American League history last year. Uh, and they're bringing everybody back. And a lot of those guys are young players who could stand to improve. So let's go top to bottom this time in the National League Central. Uh, The Chicago Cubs, the World Series champions uh, the year before last, are... Once again, division favorites, odds-on favorites at 93.5 wins. What do you think, over or under?
1: I don't feel confident, probably, of all the bets in this division. This is the one I would be least confident about. But I think I would go slightly under for the Cubs. And not because I don't believe in them. I'm still going to pick them to win the division. But I think there are a few cracks, a few reasons for concern on their roster compared to other super teams like the Astros. Uh, For one, the Cubs don't have nearly the rotation depth that the Astros do. They sign you Darvish, which is great, but he's really more replacing Jake Arrieta than adding something like Garrett Cole is in Houston. Darvish also is not a paragon of health. They're counting on Tyler Chatwood, who has shown flashes before, but hasn't been consistently successful. John Lester's coming off his worst season. Kyle Hendricks could be in trouble if he loses another mile an hour off his fastball. And I'm not saying that any of that will happen, but if even one or two of those things happens, then all of a sudden you're looking at giving Eddie Butler 20 starts. And that's scary. And what's worse for the Cubs, you know, the Nationals also have similar depth concerns, but the Cubs play in a really good division. I think the Cardinals are going to be good again. I think the Brewers are going to be even better than they were last year. Even Pittsburgh and Cincinnati are kind of sleepery, which we'll get to in a moment, as compared to like, all right, the Nationals get to beat up on the Marlins for 19 games this season. The Cubs don't really have that luxury at all. So while I still think they would win the division, there's enough reason for concern there that I would go under this over-under.
0: This feels like a pretty easy division win, but a slightly frustrating 91 92 win team to me.
1: Which is essentially Um, what they did last year, and it worked out fine. So let's
0: go to the St. Louis Cardinals 86 and a half wins for them.
1: Over the Cardinals. I I, I did flirt. I did flirt when I was making my predictions for the site. I, I thought for more than two seconds about making the Cardinals my division winner. I ultimately decided not to, but I believe in the Cardinals this year. I think their rotation is really strong. I think they have a lot of depth
0: in their lineup. I think their rotation's rely on a lot on Miles Mikolas. You don't believe in Alex Reyes coming back or Jack Flaherty? I think Reyes is going to come back. I don't know how many innings he's going to pitch. Like, if it was Reyes and Flaherty, that would be one thing. But how many innings are those guys actually going to produce? And they're losing Lance Lynn, who is we know, is the most underrated pitcher in baseball. So
1: They didn't even try to get Lynn back, so I can see your bias seeping through. It's not
0: a team that's serious about winning, if you're not trying to sign Lance Lynn. That's all but I'm saying.
1: But I, I think their offense is going to be very powerful. Jose Martinez is a phenomenal hitter coming off the bench. Matt Carpenter, it'll be hard for him to be worse than he was a season ago when he kind of embraced the launch angle revolution a little too much. And he's talked in spring training about, uh, about going back a little bit, getting back to how he had been a successful hitter before. I'm not as in love with Marcel Azuna as some people. I think last year is probably the best we'll ever see of him, but he's certainly an improvement over what they had in that position last year.
0: You should not let Mallory Rubin hear you say that you're not that big on Marcel Azuna. It could be literally physically dangerous for you.
1: It's, it's scary. Uh, she's she's a obsessive about what she's a fan of. And <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think she's a fan of the Cardinals, which is what makes this segment all the scarier. But I think, again, their offense is really good. I love Yadier Molina, as you well know, and we have argued about at length in the past. And I just think they have a lot of depth top to bottom that will serve them well throughout the season, whether they sustain injury or slump. They have guys who can fill in almost anywhere on the diamond. And this is a fairly high over-under, given where they were last season. But I think they're going to be the best non-division winner in the National League. And if you think they're going to win the wild card like I do, you kind of have to predict that they'll win around 90 games.
0: Yeah. I think it's high by two or three wins because I'm so high on the Milwaukee Brewers who are at 83 and a half wins. I saw them last night in Houston. They're, I mean, that lineup is all of a sudden really good. And you know what? the The rotation's fine. It's everybody's talking about how they need another pitcher, and and they do. But so do so does every other wild card potential NL wild card team except the Diamondbacks. So you know what? Give me the over on the Brewers at 83 and a half.
1: Which of their rotation members? are you confident in? Because I also think the Brewers are going to be really good this year. I think the projections are underrating some of the gains their pitchers made last year. Like Chase Anderson, I actually think is pretty good.
0: Yeah. I think Anderson's so much better than the projections are, are calling for. I, You know what? Zach Davies was good last year. That's, Zach Davies was good last year. That's true.
1: Yeah. Uh, and like you mentioned in your all MLB, TV team piece. They have a really fun piece in the bullpen. Josh Hader, who with Corey Kniebel form maybe the best eighth and ninth inning combination in the National League, which is kind of funny to think about given how little we knew about any of those guys before a year or two ago. And like you said, they have a really strong lineup. I would also go over on, on the Brewers. And this again is why I'm not as high on the Cubs chances, because I think two through five, or at least two through three. The rest of their division is really strong. It wouldn't surprise me if it ends up like in 2015, where they just have three teams beating up on each other. I considered making the Brewers my second wild card team in addition to the Cardinals. I think this division is really good.
0: All right, well, let's wrap up the division with the Pirates at 74 and a half and the Reds at 73 and a half. And you said sleepery. Please don't. Please don't try to talk me into this.
1: I won't try to talk you into them as card teams, but I will make the case that at least one of them will go over this win total. There are okay, definitely which one? See, making me pick is, there's a 50% chance I get it wrong this is now. The
0: only <laughs> this is your only job for this podcast, is to pick an over-under. Now pick a damn over-under. I
1: will go over on the reds okay. and under on the pirates, but talk to me in... Actually, you know what? I'm going to switch that live on air. I'll go over on the Pirates. I believe in their rotation. I think Joe Musgrove is good. I think Tyler Glass now has something in him. And as long as he stops throwing you know, 60% of his pitches outside the strike zone, he'll be good again.
0: Tyler Glass now has an 8.2 walks per nine in him if if he's not careful.
1: but Yeah, but look at that
0: spring training numbers. Mm-hmm. Spring training numbers.
1: The best part about spring training numbers is when they confirm your pre-existing beliefs, and then you can ignore them when they don't confirm. Man, isn't that the truth?
0: I was looking at like this is one of the reasons I'm so high on the Brewers. I've decided that I care that Yelich and Kane both OPS like 1400 in the spring,
1: but and you you don't okay. care that Domingo Santana struck out in half of his at bats. Yeah.
0: Don't care that Eric Thames hit 188. Don't care that Shohei Otani has a 27 ERA. This is just, this is the best thing about spring training. Like you said, you just use it to confirm. So that's over on the Pirates, under on the Reds.
1: The Pirates are very poor man's cardinals in that they're competent at pretty much every position, which at the high levels is not necessarily what you want because it's harder to improve midseason. Then you need to add a star instead of you know being like the angels and just replacing black holes with decent players. But if you're just trying to avoid going 72 and 90, having competence everywhere on the diamond is actually not terrible. Starling Marte probably won't miss another 80 games because of a drug suspension. Uh, Colin Moran Made a swing change and we're all in on swing change guys over the last year or two. Even like Josh Harrison, he's a pretty good player. He wanted out of Pittsburgh, but he's a two-win player. The Pirates have a lot of these guys. And as long as their rotation doesn't completely collapse without Garrett Cole, then you know they'll at least win 75 games.
0: Well, thank you to Zach Cram for for joining us. It's always a pleasure. You're always like it's it's pretty amazing how you've carved out your your position at the Ringer as the guy who knows things. And I'm always happy when you come on the pod and share that knowledge with us.
1: I'm happy to be here and excited to be wrong on at least half of these predictions.
0: You are going to be wrong on a lot of these. Like this is man, this was an adventure. But thanks again for coming on. We'll be right back to close out the National League with Claire McNair after these messages. Spring training is in full swing. In fact, it's almost over, which means that it's time to start thinking about your Yahoo Fantasy Baseball draft. Flex your skills is a real GM. The new weekly lineup format makes it even easier. Use the set active players feature to set your lineup for the week in one tap. Yahoo Fantasy Baseball is the official fantasy game of Major League Baseball. Sign up now at Yahoo.com slash fantasy baseball. It is my distinct pleasure to welcome to the podcast for I believe the first time, Ringer Staff Writer Claire McNair. How you doing?
2: Doing all right. How about you?
0: I'm really just jumping out of my skin to talk about these over, over under bets with you. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. I'm going to get to talk about one team that makes me really happy and one team that makes me really sad, so I'm excited for that.
0: Yeah, and eight other teams besides, which I hope <laughs> right. you can at least fake some enthusiasm for. <laughs> so let's start with the Washington Nationals. They are favorite, prohibitive favorites to so win the National League East. Their over-under is over, under, it's 94.5 wins. Do you have the over or the under?
2: I've got the over here and uh you know I know we're getting up there but uh the Nats won 95 games in 2016 and 97 in 2017 and you know Dusty Baker's gone and Steve Bartina's now but I'm I'm so excited for this team Um, It's, you know, Trey Turner, my darling adopted son who I love so much. Uh, He missed a chunk of last season after he broke his wrist and he'll be there hopefully the whole season. And Adam Eaton, uh, who's, you know, we were robbed of his season last year after he tore his ACL in April. He'll be around. um, And, uh, you know, I'm biased, but... But I'm so excited to see these guys. Those guys specifically and Bryce Harper maybe sort of kind of trying to become very, very rich in this looming free agency that will follow this season. So, um, you know, I think it's a really fun team and a really good team, and I'm taking the over here.
0: Yeah, I think they're going to get a lot of easy wins off the bottom half of this division. I have no reason, no, like rational reason to expect a huge walk here from Bryce Harper, but I can feel it in my bones, man, you know? So yeah, I'm going to take the over on 94 and a half as well. So the Nationals are going to be fun and good. The Mets are going to be mediocre and probably not all that fun. Their win total is 81 and a half. So what do you got?
2: I, I'm taking the under, which I think might be a favorable offense here. Um, you know, I, I they won 70 games last year, and it was a rough year for them. They lost Cespedes for 81 games due to injuries, and Syndergaard tore a lateral muscle, um, which, yeah, does not sound good and, or fun, and, um, you know, they'll be back, and that's great. And I'm sure the Mets will do better than they did last year, but I just I, I don't see it coming together for them. So I'm, I'm taking the under.
0: I think I'm a little more optimistic than you, and nobody nobody loves shitting on the Mets more than I do. But they've just got too many. If, this is going to sound really reductive, but it feels like they've got too many good players to be that bad. So maybe they go under 81.5, But I don't know if they like. I don't know if it's possible for them to go to something like 75 wins or something below that. So I think they've got a pretty high floor. But it's you know under is is probably I think 81 and a half is about right so you know it's it's pretty much a toss up for me okay so let's go to the Philadelphia Phillies who when these odds came out had not signed Jake Arrieta they had not promoted Scott Kingery so this feels like 77 and a half would be a pretty easy over for me am i just being a huge homer
2: no, I think I think you're totally right. I, I would definitely take the over on that. And I'd, I might even take it on whatever the, uh, you know, kind of new adjusted number would be. Uh, Reese Hoskins is really exciting. Jake Arietta obviously is um, a, a powerful piece to add to this team. And I'm perhaps preaching to the choir here, but I feel good about this team. And, and you know, maybe it's more or at least partly that I don't feel terrible about this team, which it's been a while since you could say that about about the Phillies. Right. So um, I think they're exciting. I think it's an easy over.
0: I think the one thing that would give me pause about this is there's a very distinct possibility that they end up doing something like the Mariners did last year, where just all their pitchers were either bad or hurt. That's a, a distinct possibility. They wind up that Arietta winds up pitching 180 good innings, and Nolan winds up pitching 180 good innings, and nobody else is, is worth a crap. So that could, I think, there's downside, but I also think that. 77 and a half is a pretty soft number on them at, at this point in time. So how about the Atlanta Braves? 75 Ugh. and a half wins. The uh, the Ronald Acuna uh, service time manipulating, tanking Atlanta Braves. Have, where do you come in on that?
2: Right. That's a little bleak. Um, you know, I'm I'm an under. You know, they're at least the point of this rebuild where things are starting to get exciting. Acuna obviously is about as, as exciting as any prospect in baseball. Um and but you know he just he just turned down a thirty million contract extension from the Braves, so clearly he thinks he's going places. Um, but also that that place might not be Atlanta or the Atlanta suburbs or wherever they are now.
0: Mm-hmm. Actually, very. I've been to their I haven't been to a game at their stadium, but my mother in law took me to the shopping mall that they've got by the the ballpark <laughs> over Christmas for lunch. It's a Was very it a nice place mall? to to hang out. It, Great. It's sort of it's. It's really like a strip mall with a ballpark in the middle of it. It's very strange, but it's there's a good barbecue restaurant there. So. <laughs> okay. Just as the Miami Marlins are contractually obligated to literally field a team for this season, we're contractually obligated to discuss their sixty-four and a half win over-under.
2: Yeah, it's bleak. Um I mean I you know, I guess I'm I I'm an over for a really cynical reason. Um, a fun fact that I think is a fact, but probably should be fact checked. I bu- I believe um, the Marlins currently have the longest tenured manager in the NL East, which is Don Mattingly, who's now entering his third season. So this is a fun division of um, frequent firings. Anyway, with the Marlins, you know they're obviously in just full um, fire sale mode, or were at least in the off season and. They got rid of Stanton and Zunia and, uh D. Gordon and just, just everybody else they could possibly move. Um, and it's going to be an ugly year. It really, really is. But I think we should not underestimate the Marlins' ability to screw something up. So I think they're going to kind of manage to screw over their tanking a little bit. So I say over, wow. if not by very much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love this take. I don't <laughs> agree with it, but, but I think it's great.
2: I appreciate that.
0: All right, let's... Let's stop talking about the Marlins uh, and talk about uh, another fun and good team, the Los Angeles Dodgers, who would have beaten this over under by close to 10 games last year. 95.5 is your number.
2: Yeah, I say over. I mean, it, it pains me as a Giants fan, which we will talk about in a moment to say this, but they're, they haven't changed too much from... from Last year, you know, they've, they've got basically all the same pieces with the exception of Justin Turner, who just broke his wrist. But he could easily be back by early May. And, you know, Chase Utley appears to be immortal at this point. So I I, I say over.
0: I think they're the best team in what honestly looks like baseball's deepest division to me. Um, yeah. I think they're going to win their, what are they, minus 300 to win the division as as of the time these odds were produced. Pakoda has them. Uh, let me check real quick. Pakoda has them as the best team in the division by 10 games I think all of that is if anything a little bit conservative um, yeah. so they're almost so good it's, they're, they're not that interesting to talk about in this context uh, but <laughs> the Arizona Diamondbacks are and they're yeah. in four and a half they uh, won 93 games last year what do you think about for them
2: yeah, you know, I I say over. Um, I mean, obviously, they had the most important news of the off season, which is that they're going to start using a bullpen card again. But I, I you know, perhaps this will not influence the the win loss totals. But uh, I I think it would be a stretch maybe to expect ninety three wins from them again for the second year in the row in a row. But I could see them solidly in the mid eighties if if not higher than that. So I say over. What yeah, I've
0: got them in a in a wild card spot. Um, they got a lot of breaks, even losing Shelby Miller for the year. A lot of things went right for them last year, and I think they're going to need their pitchers to be that healthy again. I think they're still a bat short, particularly after they let uh, J.D. Martinez walk. But that said, I've got them in a wild card spot. I think they beat ninety four and a half pretty easily. Uh, so let's. I'm just going to clear out and give you San Francisco <laughs> Giants at eighty two and a half, and you can
2: oh.
0: just spread out take all the time you oh, need i i'm here listening
2: i'm um, yeah i uh <laughs> i appreciate that i maybe should have queued up some therapy for this um y- you know this was never going to be a great year for the giants despite it's being an even year i think we're kind of done with that now um and when these when these uh these totals were put together it was it was before uh the bad things started to happen. Um so Jeff Samarja's is out with an injury and then Madison Bumgarner, my beloved father, um, in his last start of the spring, he got hit in his freaking pitching hand. And I'm not a doctor, but my understanding is that it is a capital B bad break, and he just got pins inserted that will have to come out, and that'll be a whole thing. And I guess it's optimistic to think that he'll be back in the first half of the season at all. And uh, he was <laughs> he was the kind of silver lining together with Buster Posey, perhaps. Um, and, you know, I... I live on the East Coast now, and so I, I don't get to watch as many Giants games as, as I like to normally. Um, but I woke up this morning to just a series of notifications about their game last night, which was their first game in, uh, in San Francisco, um, an exhibition game with the with the A's. And they gave up seven runs in the 10th inning. Um, so, you know, I look forward to more of that. Um, basically, under, under is what I'm saying here. I do not think they will win 82 and a half games or anything close to it.
0: Have we talked about Tyler Beattie's rap album? Or uh, I guess you know, demo? I don't
2: think we have. I try not to, but I welcome you to.
0: <laughs> it's
2: it's bleak.
0: I just think it's important that everybody knows that's out there. And I did a lot of embarrassing things in college myself, but including some musical things. But I didn't <laughs> ever produce a rap uh, single under the pseudonym Young Beta. So oh, this God. is a I you know you gotta love. You gotta love Tyler Beatty's confidence. He's the the type of confidence you'd expect from one of very few players to be drafted in the first round twice, national <laughs> champion national champion at Vanderbilt. Just no idea where his lane is. So,
2: yeah, but we could
0: see him this year, particularly if if the Giants' good starters get hurt.
2: right. I think that there. Are, you know, it, it'll be fun to watch. Partially it, for a bad team, it will be a fun team to watch. So that's about the best I can yes. say for the Giants this year.
0: Colorado Rockies, eighty-seven wins last year. The more I look at that team, I have the less idea I have of, of how they managed to pull that off. This year, uh, their over/under is eighty-one and a half.
2: Yeah, I have under question mark written in my notes because <laughs> uh, I, I likewise that's, am. That's exactly how confused. I
0: feel. Under question mark. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, last year makes so little sense to me that I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe. Maybe that's the future. Maybe that's just this team now. Um, you know, they between 2011 and 2016, they bounced around the high 60s, got up to mid 70s a couple times, but last year was such a fluke. And uh, but they also haven't done much to change what worked then. So yeah, I guess I'm bearishly optimistic or optimistically bearish. I don't. I don't really know. Um, but I love. I love Charlie <laughs> Bachman. Yeah. I, <laughs> I wish him the best. All
0: right, let's go to our last team, the San Diego Padres. This will close out the National League uh, at 73 and a half wins. This is a a team for me that is getting into that fun upswing uh, from the, you know, you talked about that with the Braves a little bit. I think the Phillies are maybe might have skipped that year, but they're they're almost about to be fun bad.
2: Yeah. They're still going to be
0: bad, but.
2: Right, right. Yeah, I don't. I don't think this is going to be good baseball, but maybe it'll be fun. Yeah, I, I mean, so I say under here, but um, it, Will Myers is fun. But they, you know, their, their big kind of move in the off season, I believe, was was adding Eric Hosmer. But I, I think my favorite. Um, thing to come out of that so far has been that uh, you know one of the co-owners after after Hosmer was signed, um, Ron Fowler, told reporters that he was excited for Hosmer to join the team because he didn't think Will Myers has being a leader in his DNA. <laughs> so, you know, I I mean, it doesn't sound like there's a ton of optimism in-house um, over there, but we'll see.
0: I think I'd go over. I think I'm a little more optimistic on the Padres in Europe, but that wraps up uh, our two divisions, the NL East and NL West. So thanks for coming on. It's been a lot of fun. We'll have you back.
2: Great. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks again to Claire. That'll do it for the National League. We'll be back to wrap up the American League with Ben Lindbergh on the other side of the break. It's a good time to be a ringerhead. The Ringer has new merchandise with a shiny new storefront that you can check out right now. We have hats, hoodies, even an exclusive Shea Serrano disrespectful dunk t-shirt. Your friends will be low-key jealous when they see you strutting down the street with an official ringer zip-up hoodie. I have in fact been stopped in my own ringer zip up hoodie and asked if I know Shea Serrano, and I tell people yes, because he's way cooler than I am. Previously available only to Ringer Staffords, we are letting you, our loyal listeners, get first dibs on the good. So so go to ringer.com slash shop to pre-order your merch now. These are limited run items and will not last long. So once they're gone, they're gone. One more time, go to ringer.com slash shop. You can also find the link to the Ringer web store in the podcast description to pre-order your official Ringer merchandise today. All right. It's been a pretty wild ride through the first two segments of this podcast, and I am relieved to be able to introduce to you our steady hand, our North Star, Ben Lindberg, to take us through the AL Central and AL East. Ben, how are you doing?
3: Michael, I could not be more thrilled to be joining you for my favorite pastime, predicting baseball.
0: I know, I know. Nothing makes <laughs> you happier than than predicting baseball. So all right. I think what we should do is save the AL East to the end so all the Yankees and Red Sox fans have to wait until the very end of this hour long podcast to smart to hear what we think about their team. So let's start with the AL Central and the Cleveland Indians 95 and a half wins. What do you got?
3: I'm going over on the Indians. This team won 102 games last year. I think they were probably even better than that. Most of that team is intact. And I think this is probably the weakest schedule of any team in the league. So even if they weren't so good, they would be getting probably a two to three game boost just from getting to play some of the other teams that we're about to talk about. So. Between all those things, I think really if I had to stake my life on one team winning its division this year, and please no one hold me to that, but (laughs) if I did, I think I would probably take the Cleveland Indians. I just don't see any way that they don't walk over everyone and take this thing, and I thought that last year too, and the Twins really gave them a run. For a
0: while, until the Indians when one what was it, twenty-two games in a row. So <laughs>
3: Right that changes things a little. Yeah. yeah.
0: And this is another, and, and Zach and I sort of talked about this, but there are a lot of really high over under win totals and a lot of really high predictions in Pakota and Zips mm-hmm. projection systems we usually think of as kind of conservative and measured. And I think that speaks to the quality of the top four or five teams in the league.
3: Yeah, the, the projection systems are really feeling themselves this year. They've got triple-digit win totals, which you never really see because all these things are regressed and conservative. And even so, they're just a, there's a lot of talent concentrated in not so many teams. I think it's sort of a cyclical thing that won't really last that long. But for now, there is definitely a higher tier that is a cut above everyone else.
0: All right, so let's go to the Minnesota Twins, 82.5. I believe the, this... Uh, over-under does not reflect them signing my personal favorite pitcher in baseball, Lance Lynn, so obviously it would be <laughs> five or six wins higher if it had, so this feels like an easy over to me.
3: Yeah, I picked them as a wild card team in our staff post, so for consistency's sake, I'm duty-bound to take the over here, and I feel pretty good about it. I mean... I think the Twins had a just an incredible lineup in the second half of last season especially I don't think there was a team in the league even the Astros that outhit the Twins in the second half of last year and just about everyone had a better second half of the season and in ways that make you encouraged that they're growing as players I know that you and I have both written a version of the annual Byron Buxton celebration at the ringer. And I wrote about him last year. Will he be the breakout player? And he kind of was, at least in the second half of the season. And you wrote about him recently and he could reach even higher heights. And as he's in the process of breaking out, I hope. Right. I I think so. I think he already has, really. And we're just going to see it for a full season now. So between that and between some of the depth moves they made, whether it's Logan Morrison, Lance Lynn sort of stealing those guys who other teams just weren't lining up to sign, there's a lot of depth in the rotation. There's not a lot of upper tier talent aside from maybe Barrios. I think this team is still not going to strike out guys for the 28th year in a row, but I think there's enough depth here that they can make it. And it it won't be as big a surprise this time as it was last year.
0: All right. Chicago White Sox, 71 and a half wins. This is a team that I think is going to be everybody's favorite team to be in baseball to watch in 2019 or 2020. Yeah. Uh For now, it might be a little rough.
3: I agree. This is right about where I would have them, I think. So I might take the over rather than the under just because they're a young team and maybe they're more likely to have things come together than fall apart. I think they're one of maybe four teams or so that will probably be bad this year, but should be exciting and fun and give us a preview of of when they're really contenders. Yeah, bad
0: but fun ones. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I don't mind the rebuild or the tank or whatever you want to call it, because you do get this sort of stage where teams are not good, not contending, but you get glimpses of how good they're going to be. So you could put the White Sox in that camp, the Padres, the Braves, the Phillies. Maybe the Phillies are even better than that. But I think the White Sox, I mean, look, Giolito looks really good this spring. I think Mokada is great. And there's enough there that i could just see it. it's a young team with a lot of talent and every now and then one of those teams comes together faster than expected so i'll take the over but not by much
0: speaking of fun by the way one of the classes of teams we have the super teams we have the the tanking rebuilding teams and we have the other teams the rangers are like this the blue jays of teams are really good just a couple years ago and then got old all at once, all in a hurry. And I can think of no better (laughs) example than the 67 and a half win Detroit Tigers.
3: No, if there is a better example, it's the next team we're going to talk about. But I think, yeah, we've come to the portion of the podcast where we talk about teams that had their time in the sun and they had some good times and they won for a lot of years. And now they're on the night side of the cycle. And This one, I think of any of the teams we're talking about, I probably feel most confident taking the under on the Tigers. I think you'd have to set the bar pretty low for me not to take the under on that one. I've never actually placed a real serious bet on baseball, but if I could actually still get this win total, I I might go out and do that because I just don't see any world in which the Tigers are better than this. I mean, the second half of last season, again, one half doesn't mean everything, but they traded some guys. I think they had a 333 winning percentage after the All-Star break last year and something like 448 before the All-Star break. And I think, sadly, that second half winning percentage is probably closer to the team they are today than the first half. So it's it's going to get ugly.
0: It's after trading Verlander, Upton, and uh, J.D. Martinez, too. Yeah. So let's yeah. – uh, Kansas City Royals, 67.5 wins. How much more do we want to talk about them? <laughs> Not a
3: whole lot, I guess. Flags fly forever. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Yeah. I I think both of those teams, uh, Miguel Cabrera calls all his teammates bro and didn't bother to learn their names. Right. And I think I I understand that strategy these days. (laughs) No, I, I don't blame him.
0: All right. New York Yankees. Top of the AL East, 94 and a half wins. This is significantly below what Pakoda has them uh, projected for, I believe.
3: Yeah, they won 91 last year. I think their Pythag record, their run scored and allowed, painted them as a much better team than that. Maybe yeah, even a 100-win team. Much closer
0: to the Astros than the Red Sox.
3: Right. Yeah. Losing numbers. Greg Bird to his latest injury for a couple months, that hurts. I was really looking forward to seeing what he could do in a healthy season. Won't be this one, evidently. I think... The rotation is the weakness. I think you could see that falling apart in some ways. Severino is great, but just throws so hard and throws so many sliders that maybe he's an injury risk. Sabathia is old. We know that Tanaka's elbow has been hanging by a thread for about three seasons now. Jordan Montgomery wasn't so great down the stretch, so I could see a world where that rotation just doesn't hold up its end of the bargain, but the bullpen is so good and so deep that I don't know how much it will matter, and we know about the lineup, so I'm going to take the over here.
0: I think I've got more faith in the Yankees' rotation particularly their depth their ability to develop guys out of second and third day picks who had no track record in the credible starters uh, guys like yeah. Chance Adams as well as you know rescuing sort of depressed uh, not like emotionally depressed but like value depressed uh, right. you know top picks like yeah. Dylan Tate uh, yeah. so yeah. yeah I I just have so much faith in their player development
3: Yeah, and they're actually promoting those guys instead of trading them to another team. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, I agree with you.
0: Red Sox at 92.5, you said you were going to take the over on pretty much this entire division. 92.5 feels right to me. Yeah, I was going to say. I think 92 or 93 feels right on
3: the money. Uh, Yeah, this is pretty much a push for me. I don't foresee the same power problems that they had last year. Not only did they add J.D. Martinez, but I think Betts will be better. I think Bogarts will be better. They do have about three-fifths of a rotation on the DL right now, which is potentially a problem. It's not a bad bullpen, but it's certainly not the Yankees' bullpen. So if some of those guys don't come back quickly or if David Price's past elbow issues recur, then they'll be more vulnerable to that than I think the Yankees will be. So I agree with your recent article that says that the Yankees are a better version of the Red Sox. But I think the Yankees are sort of invulnerable in the long term i don't know if the yankees will miss the playoffs in our lifetime at this point i oh mean boy. if you were born in any year later than 1996 or you know even earlier you haven't seen a losing yankees team since what 93 or 92 so i don't know when that's going to end how long do but you think we're going to live <laughs> that's, that's a, i hope we live long enough to see the yankees not make the playoffs but I don't know. I think the Red Sox are are good, but they are a cut below. And this is right around where I would have them. So if I have to pick a side, I'll take the under just so I don't go over on everyone here.
0: I have no idea what to make of the Toronto Blue Jays. They're win total yeah. 81 and a half.
3: Yeah, I considered them as a potential wildcard team and ultimately decided against that. But I was thinking about it. So I guess I should go over wow. on this and... I mean, Marcus Stroman seems to be okay after suffering from some shoulder inflammation this spring. That restore some of my confidence. I don't know. I didn't expect them to be as bad as they were last year. And I don't think they're significantly better than this, but I think they could hang around 500. So again, this is right around where I'd see them, but I, I guess I'd go over if I had to take a side.
0: I think I'd go under on them. I'm just, they just mm-hmm. feel like there's so much on the decline. I think they, there's a possibility they start trading guys like Estrada and Happ and maybe even Josh Donaldson uh, if, they, if they don't come yeah, out of the gate real quickly. All right. All right, so the Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Rays are going to try to <laughs> run out a four-man rotation, one of which is Nathan Eovaldi, uh, who I believe lost a quarter of the connective tissue in his throwing arm in the time we've been talking about him. So <laughs> this could get really, really ugly. Like their rotation plan is pray for rainouts, and they play their home games in a dome. So. Yeah, <laughs> seventy three and a half. I guess you you can. This is a really low over under. Um, if they, it is. If, I think Dakota has them something like ten games better. But Dakota always loves a raise yeah. for some reason. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if I would reflexively go under here, but at, at such a, a low number is seventy three and a half, but they have the potential to absolutely crater this year.
3: They do. I, FanGraphs odds have them around seventy six or so, and seventy three point five. I mean, that's just that's a low number. At that, I'm I'm scared to go under on because I think the team's talent is maybe better than that, or at least as good as that. And I agree. Obviously, they've taken some hits this spring. They're down DeLeon and Honeywell. Both guys had Tommy John surgery, which maybe contributed to this quasi four-man rotation. I don't know that I'd even call it that. Like, I'd I'd like to see a genuine four-man rotation now that starters aren't going deeper into games. I'd like to see starters get conditioned to go more often. So start more often. You can concentrate your innings in mm-hmm. the hands of better pitchers. This is not really no, that. Like this is a five-man a four-man man rotation, rotation and acknowledging that you ran guys. out of guys. <laughs> yeah. Right. Basically. Yeah. And I mean, I think there probably is an opportunity in baseball for the type of pitcher who just goes through a lineup once. Like We just haven't seen that guy. We've seen one-inning guys. We've seen five, six, seven-inning guys, but we haven't really seen like the two or three-inning guys, so maybe if they can cultivate that type of pitcher, it could be good for them, but I don't know that they have the personnel. I think it's going to be tough from a management perspective, a planning perspective, and I kind of wonder whether this turns into a sort of bullpen-by-committee situation Situation where, you know, every spring, some manager will refuse to name a closer and he'll just say, oh, we're, we're committing it. We'll just we'll mix and match. We'll play the matchups. And then the first time someone gets a, a save and looks good, he's just the closer for the rest of the year. I kind of wonder whether something like that will happen here where one of these guys just establishes himself as worthy of a starting spot. But I don't know. It's a really unexciting team, but I have a hard time taking the under on a number that that, that's that, is that low. low. Number, so, yeah, yeah I, I think I'm taking the over, but I don't feel great about it.
0: And let's wrap up with the Baltimore Orioles. Their over-under is 71 and a <laughs> half days until Manny Machado is traded to New York or Philadelphia. <laughs> no, wait, that's wrong. Yeah. 71 and a half <laughs> wins.
3: Yeah, I mean... We haven't seen the Orioles be that bad in a long time, and I don't want to break our friend Mallory Rubin's heart by taking the under here. I don't think it's a good team. If they hadn't made that Alex Cobb move at the end, just sort of giving you some respectability in that starting rotation instead of a replacement level guy, I'd feel more confident taking the under. I just don't at 71 and a half. The thing is, as you're alluding to, this could be a completely different team in the second half. To this point, the Orioles have resisted trading Machado I don't know, maybe they'll resist trading him all season. It, I wouldn't put it past them, but if they do trade him and they start unloading other guys, then this could be just a, a really depressing team in the second half. It's just such a station-to-station, station, just low OBP kind of mm-hmm. slugger-type team, and the rotation is maybe a bit better, but it's still a little too orioles Oriolesy for my taste. So
0: It's less uh, Oriolesy than than usual though like I it find is. myself sort of hoping
3: for Bundy and Kevin the gas
0: man Gossman
3: but yeah Gossman was good late last season he made some changes he was better he's fooled everyone seven times in the past but this could be the year I I guess I like them better than 71 and a half yeah. but not a whole lot better I don't think they're good I don't
0: think they're this bad I think they're going to be no. high 70s maybe closer to 500 all right well, I am with you Thank you for, for indulging me with the these predictions. I know how much you hate them. And I will say, if you're out there listening, you haven't read Ben's piece on uh, the various challenges and unique uh, influences on catcher offense. It was outstanding. We don't say this enough. You know, We don't tell each other we oh. love each other enough. And, you're uh, outstanding, too. This story is, I guess, the latest installment in your epistolary romance with Tyler Flowers, <laughs> which is reaching yes. a point where... I really don't think you can make fun of me for my Brandon Geyer thing anymore if you're just going to spend this much time on Tyler Flowers.
3: Uh, I'm going to end up co-writing a book with Tyler Flowers, I'm pretty sure. One of these days, I just need him to retire.
0: All right. Well, we'll we'll, uh, let you go and sit by your phone waiting for that call from Tyler Flowers. So until next week.
3: My pleasure. Talk to you soon.
0: That's all we have time for on this episode of the Ringer MLB show brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. Opening day is right around the corner. Next week, we'll be back talking about actual real live regular season Major League Baseball. It's so close, you can almost smell the peanuts and crackerjack, friends. But until then, thanks for listening and have a wonderful opening day. Hey guys, I'm Mark Titus. And I'm Tate Frazier. we are the hosts of One Shining Podcast. It is March. Check your calendars. It's true. March Madness is coming up. We're here to talk about all things college basketball. If you like FBI Mm investigations, if you like teams that are on the bubble and think they belong in, even though they have like 16 losses come check out One Shiny Podcast. If you like buzzer beaters, Buzz Williams, being buzz, watching basketball, those are all three things you can do and you can listen to us. We're going to talk about everything that happens in the NCAA tournament. It's going to be great. We're going to be here all month. Please subscribe to One Shiny Podcast. Check all of our, our stuff out. Tate has done some very disgusting things for money in the past yes. and he he is desperate more to for come. more subscribers mm. so he doesn't have to return to his old life. So please, please, please subscribe to our pod. Check us out. We're having a lot of fun this March. Uh, you can get us wherever you find your podcast, Apple, Stitcher, SoundCloud. i I'm I'm a Google Play guy. Google Play doesn't get enough love when people do this And Spotify. People and Spotify, are on Spotify, Spotify now,
2: so. so go check it out.